It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, so I'm great, Got it. All right. Hey, guys. Uh, welcome to the Locked On Wizards podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Um, I'm Troy Halliburton from uh, truthaboutit.net, uh, covering the Wizards. Joined on the other line by my guy, Mike Sykes from Bullets Forever. How you doing Yo, today, Mike? I'm good, bro. Thanks for having me. Man, of course, of course, man. When I uh, when, I, when I got the podcast and I, I realized that I was going to be the host, I wanted to make sure that I'm bringing on, you know, quality uh, DC sports content providers. And the first name that came to my mind was my guy Mike. Uh, <laughs> you know, I met you a couple of years ago, going down to Wizards games. Uh, we, we we sit in, in the media room, uh, just chopping it up. So you know, I mean, it's it, it's been the best of times and it's been the worst of times. <laughs> oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. The best of times of that. I mean, that's that's a generous way of explaining it, right? <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. I mean. But I do love the fact that we we kind of built up our little uh, bloggers road community. Oh, so, you know, we we've gotten a chance to you know go out and hang out outside of the arena. Uh, you know, so it, it's good to like build relationships with people. And you know, sometimes you go down there covering a team that doesn't win a lot of games, it can get a little depressing. <laughs> yeah. Oh my. And, and we. It's, that's why. That's the the great part of bloggers road, right? Is that we're all always there to kind of. Walk each other through these uh, these miserable dog days of of the season in and uh, exactly. recent recent Wizards history. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But you know what though, I feel like you and I are probably some of the more optimistic guys uh, amongst the uh, the Wizards Twitter sphere. And uh, the op- some of the optimism that I have right now stems from uh, the the draft pick of Rui Hashimura. I know that a lot of people were you know not really satisfied. Some people wanted to go out and get you know, Cam Reddish, some people wanted to go out and uh, get Sekou Demboya, and a lot of people were very shocked when uh, the Wizards uh, drafted Rui Hashimura. Uh, from, from from what you've seen from uh, Summer League so far, 
what, what do you think about Hashimura's game and his possible fit with the Wizards? Um, I think so. So there, there are two ways that I, I kind of go with this, right? Like Hashimura is kind of what we thought he was coming in, right? Like he, he is um, somewhat of a bucket. Like he, he is an offense first player who specializes in the mid range. And like I've gone everywhere from like seeing the Kawhi Leonard comparisons and being like, huh, maybe, maybe that is that could be a thing for him, and then realizing <laughs> that's totally ridiculous. To going like as as far down as like I don't know somebody like uh, Al Al Harrington like just like everywhere on the spectrum right but like I, I think what what he showed us um, this summer league right like he averaged what I think it was uh, nineteen point three points per game or stuff like that and um, had a fifty nine percent true shooting true shooting percentage so like there's there's something there, right? There's some type of skill player there. And at, at 21 years old, he has a ton of room um, to grow. He just started playing basketball at, what, 16 years old in, in Japan? Yeah, um, yeah. And it's gotten literally better every year. So I, I, the, the one thing that I, I try to think of when, whenever I watch this dude is that, like, we're not even close to watching the finished product of, of what he, he will be. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I think that um, you know, the, the the team did a good job of drafting a player who not only was kind of polished while he was in college, like he has a, a refined game when it comes to his low post moves, when it comes to, you know, getting to his mid-range shot. You know, he, he, he can score already, but I think they already see that, you know, he has uh, uh, the potential to grow as a player because, I mean, he really he really hasn't developed that outside shot at all. And I think that, I mean, all right, the, the one thing that I will say about the Kawhi Leonard comparison is that they both have the flattest jumpers I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, so, I mean, but besides that, I mean, I think people are really doing him a disservice by comparing him to Kawhi Leonard. But I think what the Wizards saw in him in that comparison to Kawhi was the physical profile that really, you know, he, he's a legit 6'8", 7'2", wingspan, uh, you know, this is a guy who has, he fits the physical profile of what the uh, quintessential, uh, uh, I don't know, small small ball forward will be going forward. So, like, I don't know, I think that they see a guy who can develop, and I kind of see that too. Uh, I know there are a lot of people on Wizards Twitter who aren't happy about it, but, I mean, I think, I think that the overall, like, as far as the number nine draft pick goes, uh, the a, a player that I would probably compare him to uh, would be like Harrison Barnes almost, but it's like Harrison Barnes isn't going to be a superstar, but for in, in a in a what was considered to be a weak draft to get a player of that quality at number nine, I mean I think I think the Wizards would be lucky. <laughs> yeah, I mean that would be a win, and and like the only like if 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 you if you didn't want the Wizards to draft Hachimura at, at nine, right? Like you have to tell me who was who was a better option, right? Like, we could talk about Sekou Dumbuya and, like, the the things that he brings, but he's also incredibly raw as a player, just like Hachimura, and we haven't seen too much of him um, in a um, in a professional stage, right? Where Whereas, like, we could say the same about Hachimura, but we've also – we have a three-year sample size of him just continuing to, to improve. Yeah, I mean, right. The trajectory arrow is definitely heading up with him. Like, you know, every year to go from a guy who was barely playing basketball 
to, you know, uh, playing for, you know, fever for the Japan team, getting them recognition, and, you know, going to Gonzaga and literally improving his stats every year. And with Gonzaga being, you know, a winning basketball program, I think that that also matters too. He's not just out there, you know, putting up empty stats. You know, he, he's out there playing for, a, a, you know, a top-notch program. You know, they they beat Duke last year, you know, with, with Zion, with Cam, you know, with R.J. Barrett. So I think I think that he has uh, a lot of potential to play uh, a winning brand of basketball, you know, and, and with the Wizards just have to uh, rely on, you know, uh, Coach David Atkins and, and, the, and Ryan Richmond and the rest of those guys to be able to, you know, develop him and coach him up. But, uh, I mean, Rudy wasn't the only draft pick uh, that the Wizards had. They, uh, they also drafted Admiral Schofield in the uh, second round. They, they, they acquired that pick uh, via a trade from Philadelphia. My guy Tommy Shepard is already uh, making a lot of moves around the, the, uh, around the edges, making sure that, you know, in, instead of giving away second-round picks, he's already <laughs> acquired, uh, you know, three second-round picks that they didn't have. So, you know, he, this is a, a, a total uh, reverse from the Ernie Grunto era. But uh, what, what, do you, what have you thought about uh, Admiral Stolfield so far? First of all, when, when that pick dropped, I, I, I wanted to do from – Day one, like since, since <laughs> I, oh, like that, that's been my guy. Like he, first of all, like his build is just crazy, right? Like he should he's be. He's built like, like a he's built like a defensive end for sure. <laughs> right, he, like he he should he should be a, a good defender at the very least on the NBA level, right? And then like when you see how deep his three point range is, so like this dude could be in the the quintessential three and D prospect. Right, that that the Wizards have been looking for for years, right? Yeah. Like a guy, a guy who does it on on both ends, that can play, that doesn't have to be a starter, that's going to come in, do his work, lunch pail, do all that, all, all the 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 things that that people love to talk about, and the team didn't have last year. Like he he is exactly that. So it was, it was a home run, uh, for me, um, personally, um, and and just on. Uh, the note of Tommy Shepard just scooping up all these second round picks. Like it, it is absolutely a breath of fresh air that that this is that this is happening. Like we haven't seen this ever. Really. Yeah. I mean that you're you're literally right. We literally have not seen this uh when it comes to uh the Wizards coming out here how they treat the draft, how they treat their assets. So like like you said, it's literally a breath of fresh air to have um, a, a GM or interim GM who, who's able to come in and just have a different perspective and to put a higher value on some of these assets. And so what, what you get when you take an Admiral Schofield in the second round is like you, you're getting a, a, a very cheap flyer on, you know, a prospect that if he turns out to be a 3 and D player, you know, they've got him locked up for, for three years at a million dollars. Like, you know, that that's the type of uh, – cheap labor that they need to have in order to, you know, kind of uh, uh, build around their salary cap problems. You know, they, they're, they're still, you know, paying John Wall all that money. They still got Yamahimi. They still got Bradley Bill, who's also a max player. So it's not like they have a lot of money to be going out here and throwing at players. They need to find two or three quality rotation players who they can get on very cheap contracts. And I think Schofield is a very good bet for them to be able to do that because, number one, I think that he's a he's, – he's a, we can already see that they're trying to change the culture with the team, so they're drafting right. good character guys. So 
whereas you have Admiral Schofield who's coming in and he's replacing uh, a, a Devin Robinson who was a two-way contract player who, you know, a guy who they were developing. I'm sure Admiral Schofield will play, you know, with the go-go next year as well as he continues to develop. Um, but, you know, a guy like Devin who is he didn't really get that opportunity and, you know, ended up being uh, released from the team after getting, you know, to a fight into a nightclub, I don't think that, you know, the guys that they drafted now are the, you know, trying to be uh, uh, fighting outside of uh, DC <laughs> clubs type of guy. <laughs> right. Yeah, which which is like, and you've been in a building, right? Like, this is, this that's all they've literally talked about, right? All, all Tommy and his guys have talked about is, is building a culture, re- taking a reset, doing something new developing new guys and, and, and building a, a system that they can work in that, that works for everyone, right, and not just, like, the, the people at the top, which is, like, exactly how well-run organizations do things. So, like, this is, this is extremely encouraging. It should be extremely encouraging for, yeah. um, for Wizards fans. Exactly. We finally get to see how a real organization is run. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, but um, so not only did they draft uh, two players, they also uh, picked up two very uh, high-priority undrafted players, the first being uh, Justin Robinson, who uh, was the point guard from Virginia Tech last year. He's a, a DMV native. Uh, shout, shout out to the uh, out Virginia. To <laughs> People always forget about Virginia when it comes to the DMV. And, you know, he, he, he talked about uh, at his uh, introductory uh, press conference at the uh, summer minicamp, he talked about uh, being a season ticket holder back in the day and going to go see Gilbert Arenas. So, you know, I'm sure that this, this is a good fit for him to come home and, you know, be able to play in front of his family. Uh, so Justin Robinson and then uh, my, my Garrison Matthews is a guy who, you know, the, I, I don't think a lot of people really knew, knew about. Uh, he, he was drafted out of Lipscomb uh, University. And, you know, the, I mean, the guy can shoot the basketball. So uh, what, what, what did you see from uh, Justin Robinson and Garrison Matthews in Summer League that, that you might find encouraging? Uh, just like you said with, with Matthews, just how he was able to uh, to shoot the ball so well. And just like him, like that's that's also another thing that was irritating on the team last season is that they don't have a lot of dudes who, one, can shoot, two, know how to move without the ball, right? And Matthews kind of fits in that mold and. As far as Robinson, like I've I've always loved him as a player. Like I, I they just hit on so many things on draft night, and and Robinson signing him immediately after the draft was another thing that I just thought was extremely good. Um, it's it's just uh, man, it, a lot of encouraging moves. Um, as far as as far as the draft goes, I, I think Robinson, like he he'll, he'll probably play with the go go. Um mostly next season. But, like, I, I think at some point, like, if this works well, like, he could he can become a rotation player in the NBA at, at some point. Maybe it might not even be here. But, like, just to to have that kind of player in your hands, like you just said, cheap um, cheap labor that you can craft and mold into, into what you want, into your into your system, like, that is, that's always the plus. And I, I think both of those guys kind of, fit that mold for um for what the Wizards want. And, and, like, if it doesn't work out, it's cool. It's fine. But, yeah, exactly, you know, exactly. You take you know, the yeah, shout, shout out to the Capital City Go-Go because uh, I think that, you know, the Wizards are doing a good job of trying to develop their talent, um, you know, with their first year of, of, of having a G League franchise. Uh, last year 
they they signed uh, Chris Chioza as a priority undrafted free agent, and he played quite well for the Go-Go last year, played so well, in fact, that, you know, he ended up getting a contract with the Houston Rockets. Yep. So, you know, it's, it's like you said, as Robinson, it, maybe he maybe he doesn't, uh, you know, get a, uh, have a career here in D.C. Obviously, we would like to have that. But a part a part of what they're trying to do right now is develop more young talent through the Capital City Go-Go. And they're, and they're already off to a good start with that. Yeah, man. It, it is uh, – draft night, draft night just was, was amazing. Like we said, man, it, it's just good to to see them actually making smart moves, picking up extra picks, you know, using using sports science and data to you know, draft <laughs> Rui. Like this, I mean, they're, 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 they're just thinking outside the box right now, which was, you know, something that I don't think they were ever doing before. It's um, crazy another, that thinking outside the box is like being a modern organization. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the 21st century, Wizard. <laughs> Another thinking outside the box move was uh, when they when they took on the salary from uh, the Los Angeles Lakers in a trade that brought them three players: uh, Mo Wagner, Jamario Jones, and Isaac Bonga. Um, I think that that was another one of those you know kind of fringe moves that uh, that Tommy was able to make. You know, he saw a situation. He, you know, he's looking around at the landscape of the NBA. He sees that oh, the Lakers they have to get rid of you know a certain amount of salary. You know, we're putting ourselves in a position to pick up a player that they really liked last year in the draft. They uh, they brought in Mo Wagner for a couple of workouts, and uh, you know they they had a lot of interest in him. So I think any time that they're able to run that trade and pick up you know three free assets, and they also picked up a second round draft pick in mm-hmm. the uh, in, in the 2022 draft, which should be uh, uh, one of the deepest drafts in recent memory because that's the year that they're expected to uh, allow high school players to uh, enter the NBA draft. So, really, it'll be a double talent pool of players. So, I think that that's an underrated aspect of that deal. But, you know, for the for the tangible for right now, uh, picking up those three players, what, what, what do you think about uh, Wagner, Jones, and uh, Isaac Bonga? Or, and, and also, what do you think about the move in general of just, you know, you know inserting yourself into the national NBA conversation, taking on money for another team, and, you know, just taking a free flyer on a couple of players. Yeah, a lot of people were irritated by this, too, for whatever reason. I, I guess it was because, like, they were helping the Lakers maneuver things so that this Anthony Davis trade could, could go smoothly, I guess. Um, but like like you just said, like, this is this is another move that's just kind of on the margins. It's low-key, like, nobody – when when people think about the Anthony Davis trade, nobody's going to think about the Wizards, right? But, like, at the end of the day, they got a dude that they wanted to draft last year, right, and two other dudes that are, are flyers but could end up being pretty good players for them, right? Like, I, I mean, everybody after after the trade, right, like everybody was looking at the, the video of Lou, Lou Williams talking about how Jamario Jones just, like, shut him down in practice, right? And everybody was, was kind of hyped. But, like, and he may never like, like he may never do that on the on on the big stage at the NBA level, right? But at the end of the day, like take that chance. Right? If if you can just if you can slide in this trade for literally nothing, get three prospects and a second round pick out of it, there's absolutely like you you should do that. You should absolutely one hundred percent do that. And, yeah. and so like this was this was perfect. 
Man, stop it, Mike. You're on, you're on here making too much sense, man. People, the people don't want that, man. People, people want you talking about why are we helping out the Lakers? Now, I, I'm not gonna lie though. If, uh, if that move, if us taking on that salary would have helped uh, the Lakers get Kawhi Leonard, that, that would have been, that would have been something different. But, <laughs> but luckily, you know, if we got, if we gave them cap space so they can go out and sign uh, Danny Green and JaVale McGee and Rondo. And Quinn Cook, you know, what I'm saying? <laughs> I, 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 that's just that's just the cost of doing business in the NBA. <laughs> Man, honestly, bro, it's like if they got Kawhi, like I still wouldn't care. Like it, it would be fine to me. Like it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. The winners would would be trash anyway, right? Like they're, they're a team that's like they're a team that that is working their way back into the conversation. And like when you're down, you kind of got to stay. Like it's that, it's that that. Uh, phrase that we be millennials like, right? The, the whole stay low and build thing, like yeah. that's what they're doing. They stand low, building a team, and and that's <laughs> that's part of the cost of doing business. So, hey man, Lakers do do what y'all want to do, but at the end of the day, we got three dudes that we like and a, a second round pick. Like for for an organization, like from an organizational standpoint, like you can't beat that. Yeah, man. Hey, shout, shout out to staying low and building out here, man. Everybody, <laughs> keep keep your losses off the internet, people. That's that's a, that's, that's a whole another uh, subject for a whole another day, man. <laughs> but uh, let's see. The, the, the Wizards also made a couple of other trades. Uh, they traded Dwight Howard uh, to Memphis, and they and they acquired C.J. Miles. And then I don't they know how they pulled used, that off. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know how they pulled that off either. But uh, you know, apparently Dwight Howard. Uh, contract he, he he came through last year with that that corny joke talking about how you know all the different teams he played for you know i guess he can go ahead and add uh his, his <laughs> cup of coffee and Memphis to that little joke but uh you know they were able to get cj miles and then uh the team also used one of their trade exceptions uh in a trade with the san antonio spurs and picked up uh davis burton so I, I think the thing with miles and burton's with those acquisitions is that they're both shooters so right. it's good to, you know, to finally, you know, try to put together a roster around uh, Beal and, you know, maybe uh, potentially Wall in the future of just having guys who know how to play, who know how to shoot. And, you know, this is this is the roster that they probably should have been building uh, when, when they were actually competing for the playoffs. But, I mean, it'll be good to see them kind of change their style of play. What, what do you think about the addition of Berton and C.J. Miles? Um, great additions, just again, like just sneaky little moves that uh, you know that you don't you don't normally see from the team. I'm not gonna lie to you though. Like the first thing that I was thinking was like, fam, I had John Wall healthy for how many years? <laughs> <laughs> and couldn't get this man couldn't get this man to stretch for. And and look, here's here's Bertans coming through. Here's here's CJ Miles coming through. Like, it, it it's it's about time that that they made these moves, right? Maybe maybe it's a little too late. It's also part of the reason why, like, I don't think they're going to be as bad as a lot of people think they're going to be um, because C.J. Miles is a, is a pretty good player. Um, Bertans is a, is a really good player, um, but, like, a lot of people don't watch the Spurs, so, like, they don't really know um, how good he is. Like, I don't I don't know if this team – like, I wouldn't call this team a, a playoff team at this point, but, like, they do have actual rotation players, Um they're not just a team of, of G League dudes, right? Like they got Bradley Beal, some scraps, and and then the G League dudes. But but like the scraps are, are worth something. So like I I think this is this is these were were really good moves. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't like you said. I don't think that they're going to be a playoff team, but. I mean, I've been seeing a lot of disrespect on the internet with people talking about what the Wizards' win total is going to be next year. And you know, I think that the that that starts with uh, the disrespect that came from Vegas, where the Wizards have a, a twenty-seven and a half game win total. Now, let me ask you this, Mike. <laughs> I, I know you're not a betting man, but if you were, would you take um, over I would be, but I'm, I'm under poor. on twenty-seven and a half <laughs> wins for the Wizards next season? Uh, that's tough. I man. They won 32 last year with a scrap people guy. So I, I'm going to go over, but, like, not too far over, honestly. Um, I don't see – I mean, it, it it all depends on Thomas Bryant and uh, Troy Brown, right? Like, if those guys take another leap from what they were last year, then I think this team could be really good. But, like, if they – if they regress at all, if if they get a little bit worse or stay the same, then I think the team will probably be about the same. But, like, the thing is, like, they have um, Bradley Beal, who was, like, a literally one guard spot away from being on the All-NBA team, right? And, and so that means, like, you got one of the best 20 players in the NBA um, just there about, like, somewhere in that range. And, like, I don't think – like, it's, it's hard to, to, to lose um, – Less than twenty-seven and a half games. It's hard to win less than twenty-seven and a half games. Yeah, and I mean, especially like especially with a player of the quality of Bradley Bill on your team. Like when you when you look at having you know fringe All NBA players or even All NBA player, and we're we assuming that Bill can even you know take a next step in his game. Like those type of players, unless he gets hurt like, or they trade him. Like, they're not going to win 20 games. Like, this isn't Devin Booker in the Phoenix Suns. Like, right. that, he's past that stage of his career. Like, that's, right. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and, and if, like, you know, I mean, we, we better hope that they don't come out here and win no 15 games next year. Because, <laughs> you know, your man Bill's going to be looking at that. He's going to be thinking, what's his next move? Because, you know, that, that that's just not enough. Like, the Wizards, I think that – more so as far as competing and trying to make the playoffs next year. They need to be competing and trying to sell Bradley Bill on, you know, wanting to stay with this franchise, that, you know, that he's not going to be wasting the prime years of his career. So right. I think that, you know, I mean, 27 and a half wins, you know, if they don't win that, we we got some whole other problems on, on, on our hands. But, uh, I mean, one, one of the problems that will definitely arise, like I said, is being able to show Bill that, you know, this is a team that he'll want to uh, actually play for. So, but this, this gets to my uh, my next topic and probably one of the more important Wizards topics right now is what to do with Bradley Bill. So it, it, it's kind of a, 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 a tricky situation because, you know, there are little uh, things that could be triggered like uh, a Wolves reported uh, a couple of weeks ago that the Wizards were potentially offering Bradley Bill a three-year, $111 million uh, contract extension right. on with, with the fact that he has two years left on his deal. And so it, it, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I think that you and I might be in the same camp of I don't really see Bill taking that deal just because Not at I mean, all. there's opportunities for more money out there. Like, even if he doesn't make All-NBA next season, he can still come back and sign a full five-year deal and get more money. So it, it just really doesn't make much sense for him to sign up for three extra years 
for a, a losing team without really seeing the direction of the franchise. Uh, and I mean, I, I just don't logically see him doing that. But the next question arises, well, what happens if he doesn't take the contract extension? You know, what happens if he comes through this season and they're not happy? Or what happens if he plays well and he makes All-NBA and they have to give him a Supermax? I mean, there, there are a lot of different things that could happen with this. So I, I just want to get your feel from you as far as what do you want to do with Bill? Like, do you, do you want to keep him no matter what, pay him whatever he wants? Uh, I mean, what, how how do you how do you want to uh, play out, and how do you envision this playing out? It's it's tough, right? Because like you, the point of drafting high, right? The point of tanking is to get a player like Bradley Beal, who is only twenty six years old, just made uh, made his second All All Star team, should have probably made his first All NBA team, but didn't make the playoffs, so it didn't work out. Um, so like that that's the that's the talent that you want, right? But on the other hand, it's like, okay, the team that you're putting together, like I don't know, like I'm I'm sorry, like it, as as much as like I love the the moves that, that Tommy Shepard has made so far and I think like if I had to grade him, like I'd give him at the very least like a, a B plus on this all season, like Isaiah Thomas and Ish Smith are not really doing it for me. Yeah, it's going to be a struggle at the point guard position. but Yeah, it's, it's going to be a struggle. I mean, Bill's going to have to take on more responsibility, man. Like, I, I know uh, you didn't like when I put out there that hard and workload, but, you know, I think I think if Bill <laughs> wants to take that next step, he's going to have to show that he can be not only a, a, a shot creator for himself but a playmaker for others. Right, I, and, and, and my, my thing on that was, like, I don't know. It's, it's not that I didn't like it. Let's say it's just like I, I need it to look different for him. Like, like I don't think, like, Bradley Bill's not the dude that's going to dribble 20 times and hit a step back three, right? Like, I don't think he can be the, the ISO player that Harden is. Not to say that he's not good at ISO ball, but, like, I just don't think that that's where, where he's best at. But, like, again, like, he's only 26 years old. So, like, he could end up being that. Like, he could end up being something like that or, or whatever. Like, he could be great. But I, I yeah. just think – that they have to, like, there has to be, you, you don't have to decide on Bradley Bill right now, right? But, like, you do have to show him that there is a, a direction. You have to lay out, like, exact concrete plans for him to be like, okay, like, I think this is this is, this is is the right move for me. I love D.C. enough to stay here. I'm not going to sign this three-year, $111 million extension because I'm going to get more money next year by signing the extension, but... You know, yeah. I think I think that yeah. I I I just don't want to get. I want to temper expectations. I don't want people getting upset when he doesn't sign the extension and you know going into panic mode. You know, this is this is business here, and you know he's got one of the best agents in the business. Shout out Mark Bartelstein. You know, we your man was getting every client he had the bag this summer. So you think he's going to tell (laughs) one of his best clients to take less money? A year right. in advance like that, that's just not good. That's not how it's not good business. It's not good business. Yeah. It's not good business. I, I honestly, like, this extension is kind of, like, I don't think the Wizards should offer it. Like, it, it's just, it, to me, it's kind of, it's kind of disrespectful in a, in a way to, to offer this dude this extension right, like, right now. Like, you know, you know he's not going to sign it. And it's like, you're giving him the ultimatum of, like, if make this, him is how, have this is to how it no. looks. Right, exactly. You make him have to say no, and then that's when, like, 
you say, all right, you said no, you don't like the vision, so this is when we'll move you, right? And, and like, you've heard, I've heard, everyone has heard that, like, they, they had no intentions of trading Bradley Beal, right? But, like, after July 30th, when he says no to this extension, does that change? Like, do they use that as a means to say he didn't like what he was seeing, so we were ready to, to move on from him? If that's the case, then I'm, like, that's not, that's not good business on, on the Wizards' part, in my opinion. But yeah. yeah, I think uh, one of the things that we have to talk about here is, uh, you know, I, I, I like what you said about they don't really have to make a decision right now. You know, they can kind of just let things play out. And I feel like under the Tommy Shepard era, like he has a little bit more of the uh, emotional intelligence to be able to kind of fill out the situation. So as long as everything is on, everybody's on the same page right now, you know, there's not really a reason to make any moves. There's no reason to trade, Brad. Like like you said, like teams get uh, acquired assets and draft picks so they could get a Bradley Bill. We already have Bradley Bill. So I, I think that, you know, they can just let the situation play out how uh, it's supposed to throughout the season. And then once something changes, you know, they have to have the emotional intelligence to be able to, you know, decipher whether they think they can salvage the situation or whether they should probably, you know, try to act quickly and, you know, trade them just to get as much as they can. I, and I trust Tommy Shepard to be able to, you know, kind of uh, navigate his way through this situation. But, I mean, I, like, I agree with what you said. I don't think it's something that they have to necessarily uh, address uh, at this moment. Right. And, 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 like, that's the thing about the NBA right now, right? Like, we got Paul George requesting a trade. Uh, three years before his deal expires. And I think that that's like a unique circumstance specifically because of the luxury tax bill that Oklahoma City was going to see. But, like, we're, we're in this era where, like, there's, like, perpetual free agency, right? Which, like, I'm honestly, like, all for, because, like, like, I'm all about player empowerment. But, like, also, on the other hand, organizations don't really have to make a move with you if you're still – under contract for a couple of years. So, like, I don't know, man. Like, sometimes it's just it's just worth um, waiting around, waiting around to see. Yeah, I mean, I think – and I think Bradley Bill is a player. He's shown that he's good enough that he's worth the wait. So, if for we sure. got to wait it out, you know, we got to wait until see what happens all the way through next season, all the way through the old NBA vote, you know, I think that that's what, that, that's what we're going to have to do. And like you said, I mean, he's under contract. So it's not like they have to make a move, you know. I think that you know let let let's see how this works out and on with the on the court and see if Bill can you know kind of take it to the next level. So, but like one of the things that I touched on is you know Bill uh, trying to see he, you know this relationship is twofold because Bill is looking at the organization and what they're doing, and he's also I think he's mentioned that he wants to see you know the direction the franchise is going in. And, you know, and he's the same one who, you know, reportedly uh, started, had the phrase at, the, at that infamous practice from last year, you know, where he looked over and said it starts at the top, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that right now he's curious, just like everybody else, to see, you know, what exactly is going on at the top. Um, so let, let's talk about the, uh, the Wizards GM search or, or lack thereof, um, you know, the, the, the communication between uh, uh, Taliontis and Monumental Sports and not only the media members but the fans as to what is really going on with this GM search. Um, 
how, how do you feel about the way the team has handled the GM search so far? And also, do you think that Tommy Shepard uh, could be a viable candidate to have the interim tag removed and to, you know, just be able to run the show? Uh, I, I think it's Tommy Shepard's job to lose at this point. Like, it's, he should be the GM of the team. Right, yeah, right. well, I mean, after uh, two other people have already turned them down, Tim Conley, they lowball offered him, and 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 then and then and then they tried Crazy. to get Masai, or uh, apparently maybe they didn't try to get Masai. Who knows what? <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we, we we don't know. But I mean, you know, in a game of musical chairs, the music has stopped, and you know, Tommy Shepard seems to be the the, the last man here. So I think that. You know, I, I, clearly, I think it's his job to lose. But what, what, what do you think about the way the team has handled the situation of, you know, the, the GM search from the day they fired Ernie three months ago to, you know, interviewing candidates and, you know, bringing people in for multiple interviews and then still dragging this thing out and not having come to a resolution? It has been extremely poor. <laughs> that's like, that's what it is currently. Um, to be honest with you, like they started, so like I, I saw, I was at this, um, this, uh, sports betting, uh, the sports betting summit at the, um, NGM Grand, um, like the week after they had fired Ernie Grunfeld and, and Ted had, had told the crowds that like, that he had started actually, like he had hired a consulting service to look for a GM, um, maybe, a few weeks before they had actually um, announced the the um, that Ernie was was out of here, and and so like they've been they've been looking for months now, right? And like they use the, the same service that that the Pelicans use to to hire David Griffin. Yeah, um, and they and, and David Griffin's already coming in working working miracles and. The only person getting worked over here is 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 the Wizards is the consultant. He's just collecting them checks from Ted. Man, we're not seeing any results from that. <laughs> there's 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 nothing. There's nobody like you interview three dudes, right? Like you interview um, what Danny Ferry, Troy Weaver, and uh, who was the other guy? Shoot, I um, mean, the, the only other guy really is Tommy. Was, uh, was Tommy, right? Like that was it. So I'm just adding a, a mystery ghost guy, and then like we all knew about. Uh, Tim Connolly, right? And then, like you said, they they lowball him, somehow, like which which makes absolutely no sense when you're trying to pry a dude from from another organization that literally has one of the best ten players in the world. But but okay, so so we go from there to you know um, the reports about potentially trying to woo Masai away from the uh, from the Raptors as they're going to the NBA Finals and winning. And winning a, uh, their 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 team's first championship, and and so it's like, dude, like, what are what are you doing? Like at this point, everyone's been hired up. Everybody has a has a job, right? Either either everybody has a job, or, or people are settling into their jobs. And the new league year started, and everybody's focused on the work that they that they need to do to prepare to make their teams the best for next season. And all you're left with is is Tommy Shepard. Like to his credit, he's done an an excellent job, in my opinion, so far. But at the same time, it's like I don't know. Like, how are you gonna? Is he gonna have this interim interim tag into the season? Like, is is this gonna be 
how it is? Could could he lose his job at at any point in time? And, and if so, like how do you expect him to do to do his job well at that point? Like it, it's it's just it's just a mess. There's there's so much there's so much that is just not not good with this. And like Ted Leontes is like known for having like this this galaxy brain way of thinking, which is like his to his credit, like has gotten him to to where he is. Like he's a a billionaire. Like I'm not gonna call the dude dumb like he's not dumb or anything like that but but like this i just don't see how this is this gm search has been um good good practice from a business perspective for this organization like i it's just been all bad in my opinion yeah no i mean i completely agree i think they've kind of bungled this uh the gm search i think one of the reasons why they've messed it up is is the lack of communication i think that you know if it would be one thing if the, you know, fans and the media members could assume that the Wizards had some things brewing up under their sleeves. If, you know, if, if there was any indication that, you know, Tommy could potentially be taken over. But, I mean, there hasn't been any communication. So, I mean, we can't, we can only judge by what we, we what, what we see and what we know. And, you know, that's, that you know the, the the team looks like 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 they're in disarray. We see them lowballing offering people. We see other people turning them down. Uh, we see uh, other other teams who had GM vacancies. You know, uh, acquire smart and talented people, and you know, uh, establishing the culture there, and, and you know, uh, pointing at tra- the the trajectory arrows. You know, going forward, and, and we just I feel like we're just kind of running on a treadmill, just staying in place. And, and that, that that's kind of doing a disservice to the Wizards fans. And I, I, I really just don't understand why uh, Ted Leontes can't realize that. Like, he, he, like you said, he's a smart guy. But I just don't understand, like, how he doesn't he, – he, he takes so much heat on the Internet, and a lot of it is unnecessarily, like, unnecessary heat. You know, people just, you know, I remember PV's uh, – be fire Ernie on every tweet that you know Taliosis would have. You make a you make a tweet out condolences to his you know to his uncle that passed away, and people be like, "Yo, man, fire Ernie up under there." So like <laughs> you know, I, I understand that like some of you know the the pushback that he gets from the fans is kind of unwarranted, but in this situation, I mean, every complaint that they have is is completely valid, and I just don't see how he doesn't see that or realize that. Yeah, it's 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 hard to 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 fathom that like he he's happy with the way that things have, have gone so far, right? Like you've you you're putting not only do not you know, you, you you haven't determined who your candidate is or who you want to run your organization, but you're also putting the guy who runs your organization in a incredibly difficult spot right like how as as an interim gm like we were just talking about you know the decision to move rally bill or not right like how as an interim gm do you make that decision like Uh, are you empowered to make that decision to move the team's best player right now yeah i i don't think that uh an interim gm would be empowered to make a move like that so, which is probably even more of a reason why Brad ain't going nowhere. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I think I think that eventually, I think the way that it play out, my my prediction is that uh, is that they'll probably hire Tommy Shepard. 
as the president of basketball operations. And I, I still believe that I think that Ted wants to try to open up a, a new spot and, and, and get more people in. I think that when we look at what the Wizards, the way their org- organization is structured, you know, they really don't have a lot of staff members. You know, whereas other teams right. have, you know, the, a, a team president, a GM, a vice president of basketball operations, a, a vice president of uh, basketball analytics and scouting head and all the Like, you know, the Wizards have, you know, they, 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 they've got a few guys. they got Tommy Shepard right now. they got my guy Brett Greenberg who uh, runs the analytics department. Uh, my guy Frank Ross is the head of scouting. You know, and then they have, you know, people who, like, work underneath of them but I think that it, it, it would be good to open up another spot and maybe get in, bring in a, a, a Troy Weaver or, or a Danny Ferry or somebody like that to work along with Tommy Shepard and, you know, kind of help turn this thing around. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Like, I, I think that's probably should what, what they should have been doing this, uh, this entire time. But, but again, like, it, it's just hard to pinpoint uh, a direction for um for this search and, and for this team right now. Like that that makes the most sense to me, but but like I don't know if that's what they're thinking. Like that's what it sounds like when when Ted spoke to, to Chris Miller in um in May or whatever, like that's what it sounded like he wanted to do, but I don't know. Like we, we it's yeah, exactly they haven't communicated <laughs> that at all to us, so who who knows what they really want to do? We can't we can't think for them. They 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 definitely don't deserve that from us. So <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah, yeah. For sure. But, yeah, man, either way, man, I, I'm excited to see what the Wizards are going to be able to do for this year. Um, you know, I, I'm a, lo- a little bit more optimistic than most. But, you know, I, I, I think that it'll be uh, very interesting to see how this thing plays out on so many fronts. You know, what happens with the GM search? You know, what happens with, uh, you know, Bradley Bill? Are they, do they trade him or does he take that next step? You know, what happens with the Rui draft pick? You know, we, we 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 spent almost, you know, 45 minutes in here talking, and we haven't even mentioned John Wall. So, you know, I think I'm, I'm curious to see what's going to happen with him. Cause I know you know he's going to try to want to play next year. So I, I think that the, the, the story of the 2019-2020 uh, Wizards has definitely uh, not been written, and there are a, a vast, uh, vast uh, different outcome possibilities that can come from the, their season. So I'm, I'm excited to uh, see what's going to happen. I, I'm, I'm definitely excited to be back down there uh, uh, covering games. Uh, I, know, I, know, I know you're going to try to come down there as much as possible. They, they, Axios is uh, working you to death, man, but you know what? <laughs> <laughs> you, you pop up when you can, give, give, give everybody the dope uh, sneakerhead advice. You know, <laughs> I got the fresh heat on the I do my best. Always, I do man. my best, man. <laughs> Hey man, I'm trying. To, I'm trying to be like you when I grow up, man. With, oh, chill out. Uh, with my sneaker game, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, nah. I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely making my way. Definitely, this, this season is too interesting for me to not, to not be down there. So. Exactly, exactly. Well, man, I appreciate you for coming on, man. Go, go ahead, and plug your stuff. Where, where can the people find you and check for out sure. your work, Mike? You can find me at Axios.com right now about sports. Go subscribe to the Axios Sports Newsletter. If you go to Axios.com and the newsletters, then you click on Axios Sports, you can subscribe. I also want to give a big shout-out to my folks at Bullets Forever. Shout-out to Albert Lee, who is now, manning the, um, is now the managing editor 
of the uh, of the site and is giving us excellent, excellent, excellent WNBA and Mystics content. Um, so go to bulletsforever.com, read all that, and get smarter about about the Wizards. Yeah, get smarter and talk to each other nice on the internet too, people. Man, it's please, good y'all are too hostile. Nice. <laughs> Way too hostile right now. Like chill out. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. You you see you see you see Mike interacting, talking nice to people. Follow suit with that man, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I do my best. Yeah, man. Well yeah, man, I greatly appreciate you coming on, man. We're gonna we're gonna have to do this more Hey Prime members, you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.